body shaming and stressing over your bodily image will not take you very far. On the contrary, you'll you'll just go into your very dark rabbit hole, as I did at one point in my pregnancy, until I just started to come to terms with my body being wonderful as it is and appreciating it that it's actually growing a life inside so definitely just be kind to yourself marhaba ana karen abu jaude ana sara rislam wa ana mais amran welcome to al umuma real talk guys We'll be taking you through all the stages of pregnancy and motherhood and diving into the stuff no one talks about. From fears and anxieties, sex drive to social stigmas, we will be sharing our personal experiences with you and of course, welcome various special guests to share their journeys and learnings too. And most importantly, hear from you mamas. This is your podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram where we'll be taking all your awesome questions. Don't shy away mamas or even papas. All sorts of questions are welcome. Just remember folks, we are not medical professionals. We are mamas sharing our experiences with you. All thoughts and opinions expressed are our own. In today's episode, we're going to take you through what's going on in your second trimester. What you may be feeling and experiencing, what to look out for, and what is happening with baby. So, mamas, what's going on with you? I remember uh one of the first things I really noticed in my second trimester was how big my breasts got. Bigger than they already are. <laughs> I remember. I'm already quite busty, ladies. But um the midwife that I was taking prenatal classes with mentioned something super interesting that As your breasts get bigger, she really advised all of us to continue wearing bras, especially if we had fuller breasts to begin with because she explained that there's a ligament that attaches the breast and the muscle holding it more upright, and as your ligaments get looser and as the breast enlarges, that ligament starts to stretch and normally the ligament doesn't actually go back. So it's very rare that ligaments heal. The only ligament that heals is the one that is on the side of your body holding your stomach and uterus and all that in place. So that was the only one that actually goes back. It's quite kind of beautiful in a weird way. I actually got don't wear the um the bras with the metal uh underwire. Underwire because it can interrupt in the in the in the milk process or potentially the blood flow in the breasts. Uh, but yeah definitely i got make sure you're wearing like your sports bra or at least anything to as you're saying caring to compress gently and safely uh and keep the breasts up i got small boobies <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i thought i had small boobs and i would look at myself in the mirror and i'm surrounded by very uh beautiful busty ladies you know my girlfriends <laughs> what's up lama um <laughs> i always thought to myself i wish i had bigger breasts i wish i had bigger boobs and just being a little bit bustier would have been nicer and then i got pregnant and now i look at my tits <laughs> and i just want to go back to being small <laughs> i've doubled in in size already and nothing fits me anymore and i'm just not used to it and i don't know 
I guess be careful what you wish for. So something else that's happening in the body that's quite phenomenal is that your ligaments, uh, your bones, they start to loosen. Your hips start to widen, preparing for a baby. So I started noticing that it's not me getting bigger. And like my tummy is not getting bigger. That's preventing me from fitting into my jeans. It was actually my hips got one or two sizes wider. wider. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So that was something really amazing. But because of that movement, this influx of relaxin in the body, you just tend to feel a bit more flexible. But this is something not to take so not to take advantage of because you shouldn't overexert yourself. You shouldn't do, um, let's say, yoga or specific exercises that extend that hyper flexibility. So I remember being advised, you're going to feel super flexible. Don't do something that you weren't able to do before you were pregnant. That's just the relaxin in the body setting in because you can really hurt your, your muscles if you do that. So the reason why the relaxin starts setting in and it continues to increase uh, all throughout the second and third trimester is to the relaxin helps loosen the hips for delivery. Um, so it, it really kind of prepares the body to, to get into the right states to push the baby out. And I actually do have a friend who had so much relaxin that she needed to wear a belt um, to keep her hips in place. Um, to add to that, Saida, I don't know if you ladies had stretch marks, but for me, I got them, you know, with the, as I said, my breasts doubled in size. I have like an abnormal amount of stretch marks under my breasts. I didn't get any on my stomach or on my thighs or anywhere, but it made up for <laughs> being under my breasts. It's, it's, and it's like proper dark red and purple and it's covering the full under boob for both my breasts so definitely stretch marks is something I noticed and my feet it almost feels like I went a size up with yeah. my shoes I yeah. went a size up as well yeah I slightly did as well I is it the swelling or do you is it actually you sometimes go a size up I think it's a combination your feet swell but your bones are moving it's not just your hips things shift my friend actually had to borrow her husband's shoes stop it <laughs> i swear because she couldn't fit into anything she had so she even though her husband's shoes were way too big for her but she was she refused to invest <laughs> in a pair of shoes one size up speaking of shoes uh i had gained so much weight throughout my pre pregnancy and yes i also couldn't fit in my shoes especially like the tighter ones um that i got even though i shouldn't have because they were <laughs> on sale and i got them anyways but we did i did a lot of walking during my pregnancy and throughout it i kept telling myself i really should invest in a good pair of comfy support supportive trainers because we are carrying more weight and in order to kind of maintain that healthy lifestyle it's important to have a good pair of shoes that can support that weight because, um, for example, I never did end up buying new trainers. And I do have some knee pain now after, you know, postpartum, uh, I think from just carrying a lot of weight and not wearing the right shoes. 
So speaking of comfy shoes, Sada, I actually ordered on Amazon the compression socks. I don't know if you ladies invested in a pair, but I personally did because my feet started to, especially if you live in a very hot climate and you do walk a lot, a lot of the times your feet will swell or maybe even double in size when they're swelling. Mm -hmm. So I invested in compression socks that I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to wear because now that I'm, what, just 10 weeks away from delivery... I feel like I need it more than ever. And it's actually been helping quite a lot. Absolutely. Compression socks are actually uh, quite important, especially for the mamas that are intend on traveling to deliver. Those compression socks are really important for the flight. Another, um, another really exciting thing I remember is the big scan at week 20. Oh, yeah. That was... Um, a big moment for mama and, and baba and also for baby. Um, it's the first time you really kind of see how active they are inside the womb. It's the 3D scan, right? You get to see them in 3D as well. If you choose, yeah, if, if that's available to you, you can. And they start to look a little more human, actually. No more alien head, alien eyes. But you know what's a little bit more exciting than the week 20 scan? Do you Go girls on. know? No. What? Gender reveal. Oh. If you're not doing an, an IPT test, you can actually find out your baby's gender in between week uh, week 14 to 18, if I'm not mistaken. So just before the big scan, you get to find out the gender of the baby. Oh, if that's something you want to do. I know Sada didn't do it. Uh, and Karen's now planning to do it on her next baby, inshallah. But <laughs> <laughs> I and I PT tested it, and uh, I couldn't wait for the second the results came back. <laughs> um, what I do remember is everyone saying that in your second trimester, you're going to feel a boost of energy, especially if you've had morning sickness or nausea or any of those difficult symptoms in the first trimester. For me... Uh, second trimester came and I was on fire. I felt amazing. I felt really good. Um, was that the same for you guys? I didn't have that. I kept waiting for it to happen. Uh, I was really tired during the first trimester and I kept waiting for that boost of energy the second trimester. I, I might have had a little bit, but I also had a lot going on uh, professionally speaking, I was I was working a lot, trying to, uh, you know, do get get as much done before I went off on maternity leave. So, if I did have a boost of energy, it all went towards my work. Uh, so, I kept waiting for that sex drive to come back in the bedroom. But yeah. by eight eight thirty nine p.m., I was just shattered and exhausted from the day. Believe it or not, for me, uh, especially as also a full time working mama to be I was really hoping for this boost of energy because I was exhausted I was tired waking up tired going to sleep so nauseous vomiting afraid to eat it was so hectic for me and uh, my sister was pregnant three months before me so she experienced the glow and I'm telling you not only was she energetic but she was glowing she would come, her hair looks fantastic, her skin looks amazing, her energy is to the roof, and I'm just like, oh my God, ya Rabbi, ya Rabbi, khalasi Allah. Three more months, three more months, hawassal, after the, my, my second trimester, hawassal, hakun mirtaha, my energy is going to be to the roof, I'm going to be more productive at work, this and that, nothing. Mm -hmm. I actually vomited throughout the full second trimester. 
I didn't get the glow. <laughs> well, at least I didn't feel it. I, my loved ones all said, you're glowing. I'd look at them and say, you're lying to me. <laughs> I didn't get the energy boost. Uh, I still vomited um, till the end of my sixth month, actually. So, Another big thing that happens in second trimester, um, which is something really important, is the gestational diabetes test. Ugh. You drink that awful drink and you spend a significant amount of time. Yeah, you spend two hours of your day um, at the doctor's office um, to test for gestational diabetes, which is actually something really important. It Gestational diabetes is high blood sugar or glucose that develops during pregnancy and usually disappears after giving birth. Um, it can happen at any stage, but it's more common in the second or third trimester of your pregnancy. There is a correlation with children having diabetes later on. So if mama gets gestational diabetes, they found a correlation to that to their child having diabetes later in their life. So it is something to keep in mind just to watch your sugar intake and manage no. as healthy of a lifestyle <laughs> as you can, especially with regard to this. Absolutely. I do recall during my second trimester reading uh, some interesting findings on uh, a study that was done in Denmark of a, of a sample size of around 500 moms that tracked their children uh, into uh, adolescent age. It didn't, it didn't specify about having gestational diabetes, but they did remark that the mamas that had higher uh, complex carbs intake, so sugar intake, uh, did increase the likelihood of their children having diabetes later on. Oh my. Yeah, I read that while I was eating a high stack of pancakes with maple <laughs> syrup. <laughs> I feel like all. there are a lot of things you need to you need to look after uh, in terms of your vitamins or in terms of your food intake, um, like calcium. My God, Karen, I remember you had a very interesting story about a friend of yours uh, that lacked calcium because yeah, so calcium it shocked is, me to is the core. One of yeah. Calcium is one of the important supplements that you need to be taking in your prenatal vitamins. So it is something that I constantly checked with my OBGYN. Um, I did a blood test in my second trimester to check my iron levels and calcium and check that everything was okay. And she stressed to me how important that balance of calcium is because if you as mama growing baby inside of you doesn't have enough calcium to pro to support baby, baby will start taking calcium directly from you and your bones because they need it at this stage. So a friend of mine didn't know this, didn't have enough calcium in her prenatal supplements that her teeth, after she gave birth, started to crack oh and her... I think she even broke an arm doing something so silly because the integrity of her bones was compromised due to the lack of calcium she had in her body, therefore requiring baby to take it from her. So even though your prenatal supplements do have calcium in them, check with your doctor on the right dosage. So my prenatal supplement did have a 
decent amount of calcium, but my OBGYN gave me a little bit extra to make sure that I wouldn't be lacking at this stage. So that is something interesting to keep in mind. Absolutely. Story. Um, iron as well uh, is something to keep uh, to keep track of. Yes, it's also included in the prenatal vitamins. I do have a friend who was low on iron during her pregnancy and had to go into the hospital and get a, a, a drip of iron just to increase the iron in her. Um, she was very faint and dizzy, uh, oh, no. low on energy. So that's also something to keep uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, again, the reason why the iron um, appears lower is because of the higher volume of blood, uh, especially in the second trimester. And so the blood gets a bit diluted. And so, yes, keeping, keeping an eye on all of those uh, macronutrients are super important. You know what else is super important, in my opinion? How do you get your partner and how you get your partner more involved with the baby bump? Sometimes your partner might unintentionally build this form of jealousy towards mama and baby bump, especially that you are connecting at all times. I mean, this baby is literally growing inside of you. So it's so much easier for mama to connect with baby than it is with your partner. And I feel that it is very important to have partner connect with belly bump, to have partner feel more involved um and also you know that just that 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 bond on its own can do so much for 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 your partner i me and mazen for example have these uh, belly uh belly rub sessions where he just sits behind me and we play a song of let's say his choice and his liking and throughout the duration of that song, all he'll do was take my bio oil <laughs> or Zed Zaytoun, if anyone's... Ahla Zaytoun. And he would just rub the, the olive oil onto my, uh, onto my stomach and, and nice uh, circular movements. He would uh, sing along to the song, uh, to the belly. Also, after he's done, before we go to bed, he would always uh, tell baby inside my bump what he did today, how his day was, interesting facts. So that's very nice. Uh, do, did you guys do any belly bonding moments with partner? Yeah, we, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough for my husband. I think he genuinely tried and wanted to. Um, he was very honest with me and said, you know, I'm just I'm having a really hard time connecting um it's it's not happening in me i'm at work all day i just feel like a real outsider uh we did try to do some of these kind of ritualistic activities where he you know i'd have him kind of rub my belly talk to talk to the baby before going to bed singing songs uh but he was very honest he said you know despite all this i just i can't i can't connect um and that was fine. One thing that we did do to get him excited, so my husband is super into gadgets, as I think is, is common for most men. <laughs> so I so he was really excited researching all the things to buy for baby and all the all the little gadgets that we can get. Um, so yeah, that was the way we did it. It's a you? nice way to you know to include your partner in something that they're interested that could contribute to you know you and baby and this new lifestyle that you're gonna have. Uh, we did a lot of 
talk time with baby. And I thought it was really important for baby to get to learn daddy's voice because a lot is happening with baby right now. And one of the right. big things that's happening with baby is that they're able to hear. So in the second half of pregnancy, babies begin to perceive and process so much information. Not only can they smell and taste, but they can also hear you really well. So they hear mama's voice a lot, but it's good to hear daddy's voice too. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, uh, the more that daddy speaks, the more that they're able to start recognizing voices. Yeah, and I and I believe not only would they recognize the voice, but it's something that's going to be uh, built into their memory because uh, I understand that the primitive memory starts around 25 weeks. So not only voices, but also music. So I think that's the time where you can actually be listening to music and... Uh, and the baby will recognize and memor- and, and have a, f- a form of memory towards it. Yeah, I did. There was a specific song that my mom used to sing to us when we were babies. And I remembered it. And, I, and, I was, and I'd sing it to Aya when she was inside. And I continued to sing it. And I do feel that she, she recognizes it. She would, you know, when I sing it to her, she immediately kind of relaxes. And oh, I'm curious, what safe. song is that? It's a song by Feirouz. Which is? Ya Lord. That's so sweet. Yeah. And we did the Amara, Amara. For, oh, do you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> Karen, did you get any Fadu's lullabies? <laughs> I, uh, so I was actually, I was reading about uh, how to bond with baby. And one of the ways to do that is, you know, through the, through singing a lullaby while they're in belly. Um, but you could also, if you're if you're not, you know, musically attuned, you can also read a story to baby. A lot of research has linked, uh, like May said, primitive memory at around week 25. So if you sing a song or tell a story or have specific sounds that the fetus is hearing while inside of you, when the baby comes out, they will be able to recognize that same song or lullaby. So some people even use this song to soothe baby to sleep. Um, and they found that it, if parents or if mama sings this song from week 25 every night um, at around the same time, and then when baby comes out, they find it quite soothing because they do recognize this lullaby, this story, this sound. My goodness, so much happens to baby so soon, so fast. Week 25 was just five weeks ago for me, girls. It feels like just yesterday. And I remember when I was reading about week 25, because I watch these YouTube videos every every time we pass a week, me and Mazen, and I got all this, um, you get all these updates on what's going on in week 25, like... The eyes are still closed, yes, but they can actually see light through eyelids. They have sucking movements. They open and close their little fists, and <laughs> their organs start taking shape. It's I I don't I'm I'm always just amazed. I'm always amazed at the progress baby makes at all time, daily, if not <laughs> every minute. I feel so. Yeah, second trimester is such a magical time for both parents and also for baby because. I don't know about you girls, but when I was watching the progress of my baby throughout the apps or throughout my visits with the doctor, I feel like I personally didn't connect so much with baby because 
he didn't take so much of a, I don't want to say human form, but he just definitely felt foreign to me. And just reading these and knowing the small information, like making fists and sucking his thumb and being able to see light through his eyelids, it's, it was all just in, humanized the whole experience for me. I only started to personally bond with my baby on um, my seventh month, which was now. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Absolutely. Um, so going back to what you were saying, Mace, about the organs taking shape, what's really cool in the second trimester is that including the, you know, as part of the brain developing and other vital organs includes the reproductive organs. That means the boy's testes are, 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 are forming and the ovaries and the girls are forming. And what's really poetic to think about is if the ovaries are forming, are fully formed, so all of the eggs that, if you're having a daughter, all of her eggs will form inside you. And all of your mother's eggs were formed inside your grandmother, and so on and so on. Wow. So in a really poetic, beautiful way, we were already eggs within our grandmothers and great-grandmothers um, and the generations all before. Wow, that connection is so deep. If you think about it, it's really uh, it's really trippy to think about, yeah. actually. <laughs> so when my when my grandma was carrying my mom, she already carried me inside of her. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> isn't that crazy? So I have a part of my grandma as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. You have a part of your grandma there, that's or that you've been living for hundreds of years oh as my as goodness. eggs. Yeah. Oh my God, that's even scarier. I am 2,000 years old. <laughs> what about the flavor programming? Mm, this is something that Mace and I were discussing the other day. So, discussing? Debating. Yes. <laughs> so I read, um, so as babies' organs develop and their senses develop, their sight, taste, smell in inside mama's belly, um, Something that also develops are their taste buds. So uh, what I read was that it is very possible that you can influence, not dictate, but influence a child's preference to a specific type of food. For example, there was a study that looked at um, mothers who drank apple juice and mothers who drank orange juice throughout their pregnancy or throughout at least the second trimester when the taste buds are actually developed. And when baby was born, they found a link between the child's preference of juice um, relating back to the mother's um, intake. intake of that specific juice. But what if baby just coincidentally likes that juice? The statistics were quite high in correlation and it was statistically significant. Okay. I thought it was interesting, but it is it is a subject of debate as Mace yeah. is going to yeah, rebuttal. I'm just like looking at Karen. I can't wait to tell her. No, but um especially um, in her pregnancy because you know back in the day they think you know, is the solution to everything uh, which you shouldn't have kibda by the way when you're pregnant but uh, mama did a lot then baba was like 
كوري الكبده يا ثريا and uh, if i smell kibda truly it, it nauseates me but i was reading that that's a myth that what you eat whether it's in your first second or third trimester does not impact your your child's palate mm. it doesn't uh, but no definitely i i want to i want to look into that study with you and maybe you look into my study and see how we can you know come to terms with just i think we're just going to agree to disagree never mind and i think <laughs> i think what would be really cool if our listeners have any experience in this if you have some special story about you and what you drank or ate during your pregnancy or if you've read something interesting please share it with us we'd love to discuss it we'd love to share yeah by the way sara when i was this is something i wanted to bring back here when i was talking compression socks you talked about flying and airlines and you know if you're if you're looking to travel abroad to deliver mm-hmm. i know that both you and karen did that did where is that why you brought it up you wore compression socks throughout your flight and compression socks are quite important especially if you are traveling i traveled quite a bit even uh not just to 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 deliver in my third trimester but i traveled quite a lot for work in my second trimester for the safety for your safety uh it's important to keep those compression socks on throughout the entire flight so that uh nothing happens so you flew you flew out on your third trimester this was part of your birth plan did you have a specific you know cuz i know like different airlines give different rules and regulations to when you can fly out like emirates air here is the maximum of 36 weeks that i'm sure that has to be part of your birth pra- birth plan bef- sooner rather than later right yes absolutely making a decision of where to deliver is something that happened i mean it's a conversation that my husband and i had from the first trimester and it continued throughout the second the reason why if you do intend to travel the reason why it's important to have that all in line especially by your second trimester is because you need to find your doctor abroad you need to get yourself booked in mm-hmm. if you're planning on doing a c section uh decide where you're going to deliver which hospital uh decide on your accommodation how mm. you're going to uh have all of the equipment or or um things that you need for your baby po- post delivery for yourself to make yourself more comfortable so there's a lot of things to be thinking about and just to quickly going back to the airline point though yes emirates airways it's 36 weeks but other airlines it's even sooner than that so right. so even looking at the airlines you have to have a conversation um with that airline to make sure that you know you're aware of when the cutoff point is and to get that doctor's note uh that says that you're fit to fly and that's in one of the final scans before you travel thinking about your birth plan sada mace you're right is really is something to if you haven't thought about it already to definitely start thinking about it in your second trimester but uh don't let it be a cause for concern just start putting things in line and start planning because you do need to plan ahead in this uh in this point of your pregnancy another aspect actually that i do remember um part of my research in delivering abroad was my health insurance mm. mm-hmm. uh would my health insurance cover a delivery abroad or and if if so how much the full the full right. whack or yeah. only a percentage because um you know finances and budget is also something to think about you delivered yeah. in london right yes and so did you karen yeah, yeah. absolutely right. finances and budgeting is something really important to think about especially when you're planning 
to give birth. You don't want to be surprised when you see something and you just want to know what is being covered and what isn't. I was reading an interesting article in The Guardian about major concerns at this stage of your pregnancy. And um, surprisingly, but not surprisingly, uh, money was the single biggest concern affecting women at this point in their pregnancy. So it was a factor of, I think it was, yeah, it was for every four in 10 women, their top concern at this point in their pregnancy is uh, finances. Yeah, I actually felt that. Although, alhamdulillah, I know it's not like uh, we're lacking or anything, but I was constantly concerned about finances. I, I think maybe it was part of my nesting phase that started where I needed to make sure everything is all right, safe, perfect. Well, do we have enough? Do we have an emergency fund? Do I have an extra emergency fund? Emergency fund CDE. Like, I know Hadam Mazen kind of just lost his mind. and But I can definitely agree that Money was definitely one of the biggest concerns that I had that me and my husband couldn't agree on. Uh, he kept asking, okay, it's your concern, but here is here's the proof that, for example, you're good, you're safe, there is, there is a good plan. And I don't know, for me, I think uh, it caused a little bit of changes in our relationship because we weren't seeing eye to eye to my concerns. And I think those concerns were, I only felt them. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I do remember having a lot of these types of conversations with my husband. Um, and those conversations continue to ramp up and heat up uh, throughout the second and third trimester. When we're discussing finances, not, not just about the cost of delivery and delivering abroad, but also because you're now kind of getting closer to the end and you're thinking about um, everything everything like where are we going to put them to school how are we going to pay for this because are we going to fit in our home yeah. are we yeah. going to do we yeah. need to move to a bigger house do yeah. we need to get a nanny right. so there's a yeah. lot of you know add-ons that you know um yeah i think the that they weigh on you yeah they weigh on you it's 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 totally understandable uh i think that we can all relate to uh, you know, tension sometimes arising between a couple when it comes to these kinds of conversations. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not an alarming statistic that actually one in six do find that, uh, you know, s- stress due to the changes that could happen between a couple as they go through um, the process of pregnancy and, and planning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just as we like to end every episode, if you could give one tip to the lovely listeners out there, what would that tip be? I would say love and enjoy your body. Be kind and patient with your body. Body shaming and stressing over your bodily image will not take you very far. On the contrary, you'll you'll just go into your very dark rabbit hole, as I did at one point in my pregnancy, until I just started to come to terms with my body being wonderful as it is, doing all the wonders that it's doing for me, and appreciating it, that it's actually growing a life inside. So definitely just be kind to yourself. Yeah, actually, to, to just continue on that uh, point, Mace, you're saying to be kind to your body. You know, there's a lot of women that that 
um, that say that their second trimester, their sex drive is back and they're ready to go bed romping with their husbands. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're not one of those women, then also that's okay. You have to, again, be patient with your body and um, don't put don't put too much pressure on yourself that, you know, if somebody if if there's another mama that, you know, that went through X, Y, Z, that doesn't mean that you have to go through the exact same thing. Um, And that's actually something that we do as moms. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other moms out there. And, you know, she did this and she did that. And that means I have to do that or I have to feel this. And um, it's not helpful. My tip, wear your shoes. (laughs) Seriously, wear shoes. Um, I was so worried that just because I went up a size that they wouldn't go back. Don't don't risk it. (laughs) Wear shoes so that you don't stay one size bigger (laughs) on a little on a higher note. (laughs) But seriously, wear your shoes and wear your bras. <laughs> you're going to you're going to want your boobies to come back. You're going to want those feet to to fit in your heels again. <laughs> so many nice heels. <laughs> um thank you ladies so much for another amazing episode. We can't wait for you guys to listen to what we've got next week for you. And if anyone has any questions, please do send us uh messages over Instagram at @lomuma. Ma salame. Bye.